Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning, week one of the off season. That's right, the Steelers 2023 season is over. The long, 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 tumultuous, seems like it never ends off season is upon us. It's funny, I want to get back to Steelers football. I don't want to wish away summer. You know what? I'll I'll wish away the rest of the school year, but get, give me a long summer. That's okay, too. Now, there's lots of fun stuff coming on. There's still football that's going to be played. I will take in every football that I can. All seven games that are left, you're, you can guarantee I'm going to be watching them all, even without the Steelers, because I'm in my morning period right now because the Steelers are done. It'll hit me again after the Super Bowl, because at least now there's at least football. Then It sucks that it's not Steelers football. But then when you get to where there's no football at all, and then you can talk about the the USXFL, whatever, I don't even remember, the unified, whatever they are. I I, I don't do that. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll try this year, but no, I didn't see a snap last year of either league, and I don't feel like I missed anything. Uh, I, I, I want that high-quality product. But uh, So it's this whole thing of we're heading in the offseason, but there's going to be lots of good stuff to talk about. We'll get into the new league year, free agency. Before all that, you're going to talk about coaching, uh, hires, and things, and all those all that stuff going on. And the Steelers are going to be in on that, even though it doesn't look like it's going to be Mike Tomlin. I know some people were disappointed in that. Others are not. It, it is what it is. Personally, I'm fine with that. I would like to see a year of Mike Tomlin and – his choice of offensive coordinator. Because I, I don't care what the media guys say. Oh, well, look at look at Mike Tomlin's whole, you know, he shouldn't have respond. You know, you can't take away all the responsibility with him with Matt Canada. Guess what? From what I've heard from our rumblings, Mike Tomlin never wanted Matt Canada. Matt Tomlin didn't want to keep Matt Canada. So that's why I don't buy into that. So my biggest thing is I want to see who Mike Tomlin is going to have as an offensive coordinator that if they actually let him pick, if he doesn't actually get the pick, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't actually renew his contract that I wouldn't be shocked. 
but I want to see if Mike Tomlin can actually bring in who he wants as offensive coordinator and see if they can make this work. So we're, we'll talk about some stuff with offensive coordinator because we're going to be talking quarterbacks in the second half. I'm going to break down some things from the season. I'm not going to go – I'm not going super in-depth with all these crazy stats. What I'm doing is I'm trying to give a represent, better representation of each quarterback based on how much they actually played. So uh, that's what we're going to look at in the second half. But there's exciting things with the, with the coaching staff. Then you get free agency. Then you get the draft. I know a lot of people were already draft, draft, draft. They got to draft this. They got to draft that. I don't mind talking about draft, but draft is very flux right now for me. I'll continue to say it because time and time again, Steelers fans get so set that the Steelers have to go with this position towards the top of the draft. Next thing you know, they address it big time in free agency. Boom. It's done. I remember that several years ago when it came to a tight end. Um, that was when the Steelers signed Eric Ebron. Um, that before that it was, oh, they have to take a tight end high, blah, blah, blah. You know, they signed Ebron, boom, didn't even draft the tight end. So I like to look at these things with the draft, but it's going to get narrowed down more after free agency. And free agency continues up to and past the draft. Remember some of the players that the Steelers signed this past year after the draft. I mean, my goodness, their starting quarterback in the playoffs wasn't signed after the draft. I'm trying to – Quan Alexander was in – that was in training camp. I can't remember when Marcus Golden was signed. That might have been after the draft. That one, that's one I'm not exactly sure about exactly when he signed because – but I'm going to say because he ended up starting the playoff game, not because we wanted him to as Steelers fans, but because he had to out of default. He might have been signed sooner. I'm not exactly sure. You know what? I've got it here that I have it here for me in, in just a moment of when they signed him. That's what I thought. He was signed May 24th. So that means that, no, he he was someone who was, he was signed after the draft. He player for the whole season. So that still continues on with everything. But there'll be so much news, and there's so many milestones along the way that we'll get there. We'll get there eventually, and you'll know that I'll probably count it down the whole way. Hey, I'm going to hit you with one more Zebra Technology Stats of the Week. They're not good, and they're not even exactly about the Steelers. There's a couple of times where Steelers were mentioned only because people that had a bad day, yeah, but it wasn't as bad as this. For example, under the running backs, they were talking about how, uh, let's see, where, where did it go, how Tony Pollard had a rough day. You know, he saw it with he didn't even have very many stacked boxes, things like that. But he had a negative 16 rushing yards above expected. And that was the second lowest, only to Najee Harris, who had minus 20. So that was where a stealer was mentioned. That, that's no fun. Here's one that actually was about uh, the Steelers, and it's the only other one that I have left. And that is George Pickens was the only wide receiver to average a separation under two yards, which is 1.8, as the Bills look to lock down Pittsburgh's main passing game threat. He also averaged 4.1 yards of cushion, second lowest, as the Bills tried to prevent him from doing damage on screens or quick, short receptions. Pickens still averaged 11.4 uh, targeted air yards and caught five of his uh, yes, five of his 11 targets for 50 yards. So there you go. That's the stats. That's all we got. And that's going to do it for that for the 2023 season. Wait, I forgot there was another mention. I really did. I, I almost missed this one. And this is more about the Bills, but it mentions the Steelers player. And it's going to be another one that makes you go. Ed Oliver generated a season high 10 pressures on 28 pass rushes, the most pressures by a defensive tackle in a playoff game over the last six seasons. Oliver had six of his pressures come against center Mason Cole across 13 matchups, and there was four quick pressures. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, the Steelers lost. They lost. I'll, I'll hit you with a little bit of those numbers. Um, we'll we'll kind of tie up this season, and then we'll go on to, um, to talk about the quarterbacks um, for with everything for the year. The Steelers... The biggest thing was the minus two turnovers. 
I, I've talked about it on several other shows before, but this is the number show. So we got to say it. Minus two in the turnover margin and 14 points off turnovers. Now, the second one, they drove 80 yards and scored a touchdown. The fact that it was after a turnover really didn't matter. But the other reason that was a, a, a still counted like a 14-point swing is the interception happened in the end zone. So that one took points off the board for the Steelers, and the Bills answered with a touchdown. My, my goodness. And then the other takeaway was one play touchdown. That that was really the killer. And that was that was in the first half. And the other thing about the about not just 14 points off of off of turnovers, the Bills were up 14 to nothing after the first quarter. I know a lot's been made out of the Steelers are outscored, I think, 66 to nothing over the last five playoff games in the first quarter. Yeah, it's it's something that's it's not good. But outside of those those 14 points in the in the first quarter, the Steelers and the Bills match each other point for point, quarter by quarter. That's what they did. After the first quarter where the Bills were up 14 to nothing, they both scored seven in the second. They both scored three in the third quarter, and they both scored seven in the fourth quarter. And I would have really liked the Steelers to push it a little bit more and, and, and got it to within one score and gave themselves an onside kick, even if it was with 25 seconds left um, to finish out the game. And they didn't. It was kind of disappointing. Uh, I said this on the Scobro show. At that point, I knew the Steelers weren't going to win the game. But as a Steelers fan, it would have been nice to see one more touchdown for the season. That would have been nice. You know, just kind of end with another touchdown and that that be it. But uh didn't happen. They only went point for point the rest of the way. Um, when the Steelers kept cutting the game to seven points, uh, Occam's Ox, who's usually in our live chats on our live shows, he said Tuesday night, he's like, Bills fans were nervous when the Steelers would cut it to one score. But you know what? The Bills' offense answered with a score every time. Every time. We're going to get to that because, you know what, I'll bring that one up now because it actually was the next one in my article. The Steelers got the ball to start the game. They ran five offensive plays, had one first down, ended up having to punt. Out of those five offensive plays, at least one, and I think two, were batted passes. I mean, that's – that's a killer to have that many that early. You, you can't get going when the ball keeps getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. But that's beside the point. So they had, they, they had five offensive snaps in, during a tie game. That was it. The Steelers never had offensive snaps in a tie game the rest, of the, the rest of the game. The next two possessions, the Steelers went three and out and had one play and a turnover. So that's four total plays. Those four plays were the only offensive plays in the game where the Steelers had the ball with a chance to tie. That's it. That's all. So nine total snaps out of 63 offensive plays where the Steelers were, quote, unquote, in the game. The other 54 offensive plays, they were down by more than one score because every time they got within one, the defense couldn't hold. The Bills' offense answered, and then that—that that is what it was. Another bad number was was zero for six. The Steelers' first six possessions all came up empty: four punts, a fumble, and an interception. I almost got them in the in the wrong order. Um, I almost said interception then fumble. No, four and but and they weren't four punts in a row. But that was the that was the drives. That's. I mean, you're obviously going to play from behind if that's what you're going to do offensively to start the game. Now, granted, it was not anywhere close to the Steelers' previous playoff game back in the good old 2021 season where the Steelers, no joke, empty on their first nine possessions. Nine offensive possessions. They got seven points, but it was a defensive score. Nine offensive possessions. Two first downs total. That went into the second half. Now, one of those possessions was a one-play kneel down. So we could even throw that one out and say just say eight. But still, the entire first half of that game, the Steelers' offense never moved the ball past their own 39-yard line. That was it. At least in this game, the Steelers answered with an offensive score. They were down on the cusp of scoring again when they had one of their turnovers. So it's... It, was, it wasn't the same level of offensive ineptitude like the Steelers had in their previous 
uh, playoff game. But still, coming up empty on the first six possessions was enough to lose the game. It was enough to lose the game. I mean, bottom line, that's that's just that is what it is. So you know, they gave up the fifty-two yard run. They struggled with with covering the tight ends early. I mean, in the first quarter, the Steelers gave up three receptions for fifty-eight yards and two touchdowns to the tight ends. The other three quarters, they gave up one reception for ten yards. That was in the third quarter. That was it. That was it. Um, the Steelers didn't rush the ball that great. I mean, they went over hundred yards, but. The final play of the game when Mason Rudolph ran for 10 yards on third and 10 to end the game and actually have another, oh, yay, another third down conversion. Yeah, it didn't help. You needed a touchdown. Um, that's what put them over 100. Uh, Steelers didn't punt well. Presley Harvin really struggled kicking into the wind. His one kick with the wind, they got 51 yards on. My goodness, the injured punter for the Bills. Now, granted, his one kick after he was injured was with the wind. He got 45 yards on that kick. The three times Harvin had to kick into the wind, none of his got 45 yards. Now, the one good thing you could say is that there were no return yards. Yay. But I'm sorry. I'd rather have a 55-yard punt with a 10-yard return than a 30-yard punt with no no yards of return. Because the Steelers got that. They got a 31-yard punt and a 30-yard punt. Just not good enough. So those were some of the numbers. Uh, the other thing I want to do here is I want to run down real quick before we jump into the quarterbacks. I want to run down the final numbers once again of the Steelers, uh, where they ranked and everything for 2023 of the stats that I normally would give you in the second half. You know, yards, points, rushing uh, rushing yards, passing yards, sacks, and, and turnovers slash takeaways. For the offense, for the defense, I'm going to compare quickly compare to how the Steelers did compared to those averages in the playoffs, just to give you an idea. All right. Offensively, the Steelers, they finished 25th. They were the 25th offense in the NFL this year when you're going by yards with offense. 304.3 yards per game. The Steelers, they had they gained 324 yards in the playoff game, so they actually were 20 yards to the better in the postseason. Their points per game, Steelers ranked 28th, even worse than yardage. 17.9 points per game. And what do you know? They scored 17 points in the playoffs, so almost the same thing. Rushing yards, the Steelers finished 13th in the NFL with 118.2. They only rushed for 106 yards in the playoff game. That means they were 12 yards under. (laughs) Excuse me. And when it came to passing, the Steelers, 25th in the NFL, 186.1 yards per game. And that's 200 and or 218 yards is how many they passed for in the playoffs. So they were a little bit better in that regard. When it came to sacks, the Steelers were sacked 36 times. That was ninth in the NFL. They only gave up one sack in, in the in, in the playoff game. Then they pretty much averaged two throughout the season. So they did one better. And when it came to uh, the turnovers, the Steelers had 16 turnovers during the regular season. They were tied for second in the NFL. Gave it, you know, turned it over twice in the playoffs. Yeah, the Steelers were less than a turnover a game, and they turned it over twice in the playoffs. Not going to win that one. When it came to the defense, the Steelers overall, they were the 21st ranked defense. Gave up 342.1 yards per game. They gave up 368 yards in the playoff game, so they gave up 26 more yards than their, than their average. Uh, points, the Steelers were sixth in the NFL. Sixth best defense when it came to giving up points, 19.1 per game. Yeah, but they gave up 31 in the playoffs. That is, obviously, they gave up almost 12 points more than their average. Rushing defense, the Steelers were 19th overall for the season, 115.1 yards per game. They gave up 64 more yards than that in this one because they gave up 179. And when it came to passing yards, the Steelers were 17th in the the, the NFL for the season, 227.1 yards per game. And, yeah... They didn't give up that many passing yards because the Bills didn't have to pass because they were ahead most of the game. They only gave up 189 yards in the playoffs. When it came to sacks, the Steelers had 47 on the season. That was tied for 11th. They had two in the in their playoff game. They averaged 2.76. They were under their average. And takeaways, the Steelers had 27 takeaways. That was tied for eighth in the NFL this season. They had no takeaways in the playoffs. 
That was, you know, they were averaging 1.6 per game. So I will say one thing before we take a break is if you look at this, if I were to tell you the Steelers overall, you know, remember, yardage is what determines everything when it comes to your rank of your offense or defense. If you were to tell me the Steelers were the 25th ranked offense and the 21st ranked defense, and they would go 10 and 7 and make the playoffs, if you just gave me those numbers, I would tell you they overachieved. I mean, honestly, I believe the Steelers did overachieve this year. I mean, how many years in a row? I think it's been since 2019. We talked about this Tuesday night, and I still haven't been able to find find the numbers to, to verify that the Steelers go above their expected win total. You know, you, you looked at how they ranked, and so many people are like, oh, the Steelers are so, so disappointing. Honestly, and, and I've broken this down before, they were playing better than what, what they should on paper. That's why games aren't played on paper. And everyone wants to complain about the coaching, but when teams are constantly over exceeding what they should be doing, yet people want to complain about the coaching. You know, the biggest problem with over exceeding that, and this was actually brought up. Um, I was going to talk about this, and then I realized it was also brought up on the fans, fans first football show. I'm pretty sure it's what it's called uh, with Jeff Hartman and Rob Stascarera that runs on the. FFSN NFL channel, uh, usually on Mondays this past week. It was on Tuesday because they waited for the playoff games to finish. Um, really great show. But one thing that Stat said on there, that is exactly what I was going to say here. When you constantly overachieve, you don't actually get yourself drafting high enough to really make the vast improvement. I talked about that for a long time with Andy Reid coach teams. Now, granted, it took Andy Reid moving to a different team in order for him to get over the hump because I felt that his teams constantly performed better than they should have. They didn't have good enough players to, to, to go to, to get to the promised land, but they performed well enough that they could never draft high enough to get those good players, mainly the quarterbacks. And I mean, it, and that's what it really comes down to the Steelers. They are stuck in this cycle of, uh, of that. They are better than average but not good enough. Do you want to be better than, how long do you want to be better than average yet not at the top when you just, when the best you can do then to turn back around is to be better than average. Um, It's going to be a big debate throughout the off season. I'm sure with that, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down some of these quarterback numbers. I'll explain what I did with it. Just, just to have, just want to have a little bit of fun with this. And and try to get a better idea. I'll, I'll tell you now what I try to do. There were there were times where quarterbacks they oh wow they appeared in X number of games. Yeah, but how much did they appear in that game? I wanted to kind of adjust their numbers based on how much of the game they actually played. I did it for all three quarterbacks for the Steelers, and then I looked at what numbers before with Matt Canada and without Matt Canada. So we'll take a look at that. So stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
right, Steelers fans, we are rolling on. I wanted to give you some numbers right away with some quarterback information. Before I do that, there's another thing that it comes to, to quarterback information. And, and this got me, this is what got me started on what I was doing in the first place. And it was actually something that I heard on yesterday's Let's Ride. And I was listening uh, with, with Jeff Hartman, and he talked about you know the, the quarterback position and Kenny Pickett, and he talked about Kenny Pickett and how disappointing it was and how he took such a step back his second year. And I thought to myself, do the numbers back that up? The answer is no. The numbers don't back that up at all. I mean, not, not at all. It's not that, but the thing was, he didn't take a jump either. The numbers basically back up that Kenny Pickett had pretty much the same 2023 as he had for 2022. Some things fluctuated higher, some things fluctuated lower, and some things were crazily almost exactly the same. So just to look at those real quick before I then break into what we're, what we're about to do with the rest of the quarterbacks. In Kenny Pickett's first two years, he started 12 games in each season, and both seasons he went 12 and 5. It's 12 and 5, sorry. 7 and 5. 7 and 5 as a starting quarterback both seasons. Um, in, in, in his first year, he had, he had uh, 245 completions on 389 attempts, uh, which was a 63% completion percentage where this year he was 201 completions of 324 attempts, which was a 62% completion percentage. Very close. The yardage was more his rookie year. Um, but <laughs> Well, I'm trying to pull off these numbers. But so he did have more yards as a rookie. Um, but he, um, 2000. 404 versus 2070. Okay, so he threw for, you know, not you know, not even 350 yards more as a rookie. Here's one. He threw for one more touchdown in 2022 than he did in 2023. Um, and you look at the touchdown percent, it was really close because he threw more passes as a rookie. Um, it was 1.8 to 1.9 uh, touchdown percentage. So he actually had a higher touchdown percentage this year than what he did as a rookie when he had one more touchdown just because of the number of the more the more passes that he threw where he made a huge difference was he cut his interceptions by in half by by more than in half is what i'm trying to say he had nine interceptions in 2022 then he had four in 2023 so that's one place where he improved um First downs, way more first downs as a rookie. Um, they also had the single pro football reference passing success rate. Um, they, they were fairly close. I'm not going to get into that. Um, his long pass, his longest completed pass this year was 72 yards. That was more than his rookie, which was 57, and that wasn't even a touchdown. Um, his yards per pass attempt, more this year, 6.4 versus 6.2, but pretty close. His adjusted yards gain per pass attempt, way more this year, 6.2 versus 5.5. His yards, his yards gain per completion, more this year, 10.3 versus 9.8. His yards per game was more last year, one, uh, one, basically 185 to 173. His quarterback rating better this year in 2023. His QBR, that's the ESPN's quarterback thing that they do, better last year. <laughs> okay, He was sacked less this year, but he didn't draw back as, as often. He, but he had a higher sack percentage this year, even though he, had, he was sacked four less times. So there's, you know, he had four fourth quarter, sorry, three fourth quarter comebacks both seasons. He had four game-winning drives in 2022 versus three game-winning drives in 2023. So he was, I mean, the numbers are really close. It's not like he took a step back. He just didn't jump forward. So then you can ask yourself, well, why? Is it because that is who he is? Well, some people believe that. I'm going to get to that after I give you these other numbers. Also, from what I've been hearing, Kenny was, he was beat up more than just the ankles, more than just the ankle at the end. He, he, he had a rough season with with getting beat up this year. 
he he did. And but you don't want to hear that about your quarterback, you know, too easy to get beat up either. That that's not a good thing either. But that's also added to some of the stuff that went on with him this year. And then you got the Matt Canada effect, which we're going to talk about here shortly. So here's what I did to give you some of these numbers. L- let me explain. So I don't like it that like sometimes I like to look at it where where you can and I saw other people do this where they took the numbers for the quarterbacks and they adjusted it to where if they what their numbers would have been for the season if they started all if they played all 17 games. Okay, I get that you can do that. To me, rather than do it out for 17 games, I'm looking at it per game. Now, the thing is, if you want to look at games played this season, Kenny Pickett played 12, Mason Rudolph played five, and Mitch Trubisky played five. Here's the thing, though. How much of each game did they play? So what I did is I actually broke down games into fractions of games, actually more decimals of games. For example, Houston. Kenny Pickett did not play the whole game. He played most of the game. So how much of a do I, how much of a game do I count for Kenny Pickett, and how much do I count for Mitch Trubisky? Well, you could go in and try to find the time, but the question is, you know, like Kenny Pickett, he got hurt, and then the defense had the ball, or not the defense, the, the other team had the ball for a while. So how much of the time is his versus Trubisky's? I did it this way because we're looking at quarterback. It's what I chose to do. I thought it was the most fair. I looked at pass attempts. What percentage? of the total pass attempts in that game did that quarterback throw. That's what I went with. Now, I will tell you there was one game in there. I don't even remember which game it was. I threw it out because Connor Hayward had a pass attempt. He was 0 for 1. And you know what? Didn't count it. Threw it away. Just so it didn't affect anything. So when you look at this, first let's look at complete games. Because all three quarterbacks had complete games. Kenny Pickett played nine complete games, meaning he was the only quarterback to play. In those nine games, the Steelers were seven and two. Mason Rudolph had four complete games. This is including the postseason. I did this just to try to give fair numbers. He had four complete games. He went three and one. And Mitch Trubisky only had one complete game. New England, that was it. It was the only game all season that he was the only quarterback to play. They were 0 and 1. But see, Mitch Trubisky also had four other partial games where the Steelers went out one four. Mason Rudolph had another partial game. The Steelers lost that one as well. And Kenny Pickett had three partial games, and the Steelers lost lost all three of those. Any game in 2023 where the Pittsburgh Steelers had to play more than one quarterback, they lost. They lost four of them. Four games, they lost them all. So, So the thing is, who do you attribute it to? I mean, the loss goes on who started the game. That's just the way they do it. But, I mean, Houston. Here, here's what I did here. Here's an example. Houston. I, I took the total number of completions. How not not a completions attempts. I might have said completions before. Passing attempts, um, and figured out that basically Kenny Pickett played 82.1 percent of the game, and Mitch Trubisky played 70.9. So Kenny Pickett, he had 0.821 of a game there. Jacksonville. Kenny Pickett, he played just over a third of the game. 0.372. Trubisky played 0.628. Arizona, Kenny Pickett, once again, 0.370. Trubisky, 0.630. And then in Indianapolis, Trubisky played 0.885, while Mason Rudolph played 0.115. So I took those numbers along with their complete games to figure out how many adjusted games, that's what I'm calling it, how many adjusted games did each of them play? So it takes into account partial games. And then look at their stats. So, for example, Kenny Pickett had 10.563, Mason Rudolph had 4.115, and Mitch Trubisky had 3.322. That's their total number of games. Because you want to look at it not based per game, uh, like Kenny Pickett had over 2,000 yards passing. Rudolph was just under 1,000. He was 948. Trubisky had 362. The other ways to look at it, Pickett had six touchdowns. Rudolph had five. Trubisky had four. Pickett had four interceptions, um, Rudolph had one, Trubisky had five. You can look at those kind of things. But let's look at the numbers per game, per game based on these adjustments. All right? Completions per game. Kenny Pickett had 19.0 based on his adjusted. These are the adjusted games. I got the numbers I just gave you. Mason Rudolph had 18.7. Mitch Trubisky had 20.2. 
Now, the attempts per game, um, Kenny Pickett had 30.7. Rudolph had less, 27.5. And Trubisky had 32.2. Their completions per game, it, it works out to be the same math of what it was for the season versus what it was per game. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. You just divide them the same thing. So Kenny Pickett's completion percentage for this year was 62.0. Mason Rudolph was 68.1. Mitch Trubisky's was 62.6. Yards per game, adjusted games. Kenny Pickett was 196 passing yards. Uh, Mason Rudolph was 230.4 passing yards per game. And Mitch Trubisky was 190.2. Touchdowns per game. Uh, Pickett was 0.6, while both Rudolph and Trubisky was 1.2, so twice as much. Interceptions per game, Pickett was 0.4, Rudolph was 0.2, half as much. Um, And Trubisky was 1.5. So those were those numbers. That's what I looked at, just adjusting it per game to get a better idea of what each of them did. So Mason Rudolph, he, he had the best completion percentage. He had the most yards per game. He had the most – he had him and Trubisky were tied for touchdowns per game. Um, and this was – I only rounded to the 10th. The, the numbers could be a little bit different um, if, if I looked further down the, the decimal points. Um, and Rudolph had the least number of interceptions per game. Then I decided, well, what if I break this down into before Matt Canada and after Matt Canada? And why did I do this? Okay. Because one of the things I'm going back to stuff Jeff said because you know I'm a, I'm a member of the Ryder Doctor Ellis in every episode. When Jeff talked about the Steelers needing to move on from Matt Canada, when they did, and then they did it, what was his reasoning? What was Jeff's reasoning? The reasoning was they needed to move on then because they needed to know if Kenny Pickett could be successful outside of Matt Canada and not have to ask that question next year and get that answer this year. That was one of Jeff's main reasons for saying you've got to, the time is now to get rid of Matt Canada. And what do you know, either later that day or or the the next day, they, they let Matt Canada go. I think it was later that day. So that's a, that was a really good point. The problem is you didn't get a very big sample size from Kenny Pickett. And that's what we're going to look at here shortly. But then Jeff made the comments that he did this week about saying, you know, Kenny Pickett took a step back. The Steelers really need to answer their quarterback issue of of what else is going on. I'm also going to say this about about what the quarterback situation. Be careful to not repeat yourself, Steelers fans. Be careful to not repeat yourself. Because how many Steelers fans were up in arms saying, Oh, to see Mason Rudolph do this good now just goes to show how the Steelers gave up on him too soon and they should have known better. And if the you all want as Steelers fans wanted to give up on Mason Rudolph after 2019, after he had those games starting, after his second season in the NFL, and then several seasons later saying, Wow, maybe Mason Rudolph wasn't that bad. Maybe we should have given him some more time. Don't do the same freaking thing to Kenny Pickett. I'm not saying he's got to be the starter next year. I'm not saying that the Steelers couldn't upgrade the position. There is not a position on this team that shouldn't be looked at that it's unupgradable. The only reason that it makes it unupgradable is that there's simply not a player out there that is any better. For example, you're not going to upgrade T.J. Watt. There is no better player. There isn't one. There isn't one. You can't upgrade him. Everything, I mean, pretty much everything else on the table. I don't, I don't know that Minka Fitzpatrick is upgradable. Okay, the the way the defense worked this year, and this is something I'm 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 asking KT Smith to look into. They were worse with Minka Fitzpatrick out there. That's something that we got to look at this offseason. But every player shouldn't be beyond having an upgrade. If the Steelers upgrade quarterback, I'm not going to complain. But if the Steelers roll with Kenny Pickett next year, it's not crazy talk either. Some people have already said, I've seen Kenny Pickett, and he ain't it. You know what? You said Mason Rudolph ain't it in 2019, and then you're singing his praises in 2023. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. That's just dumb. 
That's just dumb, dumb, dumb. You can't complain about the coaching staff doing this, the coach staff doing that. Oh, they didn't give them a chance. Oh, when they did exactly what you wanted them to do back then. And now you want to do the exact same thing. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Don't do it. Don't be that dumb. Don't. You can't. You can't. You just, you just can't. You are, with all due respect, dumb. Yeah, just don't make the same mistake again. Don't write Kenny Pickett off because you know what? You didn't get enough of the sample size. But let's look at the small sample size that the Steelers did get. How much did they get from Kenny Pickett? Sorry, I went off a little bit of rant there. But how much of a sample size did they get of Kenny Pickett without Matt Canada? They got 1.37 games worth. They got 2.515 games worth out of Trubisky. That's basically twice as much. They got 4.155 games worth out of Mason Rudolph. That's basically three times as much. You didn't get enough of a sample size from Kenny Pickett. But even with a small sample size, look at some of the things. Now, what's going to be bad is is like touchdowns. KP didn't have any touchdowns in that 1.3 games. Then yeah, in a game and a third. He didn't have any touchdowns. You can't you can't just take that away. I mean, but just imagine one touchdown, what that would have done, how that would have been so different. But here's the deal. After Matt Canada, per game, Kenny Pickett. 22.6 completions per game on 31.4 attempts with a 72.1% completion percentage. That number isn't about being adjusted. That's literally, you could take his actual completions of 31 and his attempts of 43 in the two games that he appeared in after Matt Canada. That was his completion percentage, 72.1. 254 yards per game. Now, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. That was Kenny Pickett after Matt Canada. 250. Okay. Mason Rudolph, everything he did was after Matt Canada. This was 230 yards per game, 68.1 completion percent. So I'm not saying, oh, that just shows Kenny Pickett's better. No, uh, what I'm saying is you're saying, oh, well, Kenny Pickett didn't show that. Well, what was he without Canada? You didn't get to see much, but it was decisively better. Here, I did it before Canada. Let, before we even look at, at, at Mitch, I just went ahead and compared Pickett to Rudolph. He had, uh, he had what is there, almost four more completions per game, but on four more attempts. But he had a higher completion percentage. He had 24 more yards per game. He just didn't have the touchdowns. Rudolph had 1.2, and Kenny Pickett didn't have any touchdowns in that small sample size. But if you look at Kenny Pickett before Matt Canada, 18.5 completions per game, 30.6 attempts per game, 60.5 completion percentage, 187.3 yards per game, 0.7 touchdowns a game, and 0.4 interceptions. So if you look at it, his completion percentage went up more than 11.5%. He only threw the ball less than one attempt more per game after Matt Canada and yet had more than four completions per game more. The yardage went from 187.3 to 254. That's right. That is more than 60 yards. I mean, more than 70 yards. Almost 70 yards. Almost 70 yards. Sorry. Between more than 65 yards. More per game. One after McKenna. And remember, part of that was just the beginning of Arizona before he got hurt. So it's not that it's, that it would be crazy talk to talk about Kenny Pickett returning, not having to deal with McKenna. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Let's go ahead and look at Mitch Trubisky. Mason Rudolph, he didn't have anything before Canada left. So his numbers after Canada were what they were before. Trubisky, he had point he had 2.515 adjusted games after Canada and 0.807 before Canada. But if you want to look at it, Trubisky, after Canada, he had a 65.3 completion percentage, 189.3 yards per game, 1.2 touchdowns per game, 1.2 interceptions per game. 
with Canada, he 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 only had a fifty six point three completion percentage, so that was all that was nine higher. Okay, he did throw for more yards per game, but you got to remember that was him coming off the bench when the Steelers were down, so that wasn't a big surprise. But it was it wasn't that much. It was one ninety three three to one eighty nine three, four yards more per game, same number of touchdowns per game, but but with Canada, two point five interceptions per game. So Trubisky mostly had better numbers after Canada, and he was terrible after they were gone from Canada. Awful. Couldn't win a game. Any game which Trubisky appeared in all season, the Steelers lost. That's just how it was. So Now, so back real quick. I know we're running over a little bit, but when you're talking about quarterbacks, this is kind of what happens. Oh, my goodness, I just clicked over to see the time, and now I see how much we're running over. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. The Pittsburgh Steelers should not feel like Kenny Pickett is locked in as their guy for next year. And they also shouldn't feel that they have to find somebody else other than Kenny Pickett. Just like they don't they don't feel like they have to bring back Mason Rudolph if the price is too high, but they should not dismiss the idea of bringing him back as well. The key to me when it comes to the Steelers quarterback position is that the Steelers, when it it's about the offensive coordinator. And it's this. If the Pittsburgh Steelers are bringing in a new offensive coordinator, which they should, they should not just roll back with how they finished out the year. They should bring in a new offensive coordinator, new ideas, new a lot of things. They should bring in an offensive coordinator that they decide where the Steelers are going at quarterback. Not, you've got to come to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph is your quarterback. That's not the way that should be handled. Now, if this would have been last year, that's how it would have been. It would have been like, hey, you're coming in, Kenny Pickett's your quarterback. That would have been. Now that it's two years in, it's not like Kenny Pickett made this big jump. He didn't, I don't think he regressed, but he did not make a jump. When you have an offensive coordinator coming in, it should be with the whole idea of we have Kenny Pickett. You know, we had Mason Rudolph to finish off the season. What are you wanting to do with the quarterback position to make this offense as good as it can be? And let the offensive coordinator be a part of those discussions along with Coach Tomlin and along with Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and get that figured out. Do not force a new offensive coordinator to have to have this player as your starter. But no matter what, Kenny Pickett should be in the mix. He's the one person who should be in the mix next year, guaranteed. I can't see that for Mason Rudolph because it all depends if they resign him or not. With that, whew, there we go. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you uh, our podcast all off season. I'm going to start to be looking for questions again so I can actually be looking up the stats that you all want to hear this offseason. Doesn't do me any good to look at stuff I want to hear. Hopefully about this with the quarterbacks was something that was interesting to you. I want to bring you what you all want to hear. This ha- also was a wrap-up of, of the playoffs, everything. We're not going to go this long in the offseason. If it does, it's going to, I'm going to have even less hair than I have right now, and that's not very much because I'll just continue to pull it out. But, man. Don't don't get so set in your ways or so so determined that this is what the Steelers have to do. This is what they can't do. Try to keep an open mind with some of these things. Okay, for some of the like, I'm just gonna say it one last time. Those of you that want to say Kenny Pickett ain't it, you know what? Just don't make the same mistake of what this of what you, so a lot of these same people claimed that the Steelers made with Mason Rudolph, and that is dismissed him too soon. Because I will be, I will tell you this: second year Kenny Pickett was better than second year Mason Rudolph. He was, um, and if I have to go back and do those numbers in another show, that I will. But uh, hey, make sure you're checking us out on all the podcasts. Make sure you check us out at SteelCurtainNetwork.com for all the editorial work that we have going on there. And as I always say, to close these out, step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for geeking out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.